Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit w2mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. You are listening to Video Games to the Max. Hello and welcome to Video Games to the Max, episode 226. I'm your host, Sean Garmer, and here with me is always Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. And joining us once again, Mr. Jens Dietrich. Salutations. And, uh, well, this is episode 226, and we are moseying along with more... I, I don't know, how's your things going with reopening um i haven't paid very much attention to it i still won't leave the house but yeah apparently some places are more open than they were um different parts of the state atlanta is still again i you know what i do not have enough first-hand experience to really know um i'm not nothing new from my end other than i'm thankfully still employed my state just got delayed uh we had we're gonna open like i think like 11th or 12th Mm-hmm. And now it's to the 28th. Yeah. Well, it, that's better. Which I'm sure the protesting is just going to even get worse now. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, we, we had a uh, small town, not a small town, but a mid-level town, like a, a city councilman woman. She got arrested from stealing from a grocery store. And what? her ex- her excuse was she has no money because of the virus or she doesn't have a job. Hey, uh, these are desperate times. Wait, so the council people are not employed? Uh, well, no, because it's not a full-time job. I think she gets. Uh, I think the story is that she gets like twenty dollars a meeting, but they're not having meetings. And like her regular job is like a real estate lawyer. Yeah, being and an I, entry-level politician, you really need a second. That's not a oh, job. Okay. That's yeah. just a hobby at the beginning. Once you get high up enough, to, high up the chain enough. Like, well, the mayor gets forty dollars a meeting, so there you go. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure he's, he's living out the hog. Right, but uh. Okay. I'd be curious. Save, I guess. No, you need to get you need to get yourself into a position where you can take bribes. That's where the real money is. Like you just need to have enough power where you can be some sort of a broker in a position where you're gonna uh, make deals and cut whatever. uh, It's suitcases full of money. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, give out uh, give out contracts to your cronies. That's what being a politician is all about. Yeah, I can ask the former Detroit mayor about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, They find like she claimed like. I, I I don't I haven't been able to find out her political party because I know that'll make it more hilarious when I find out she's a Republican. But she claimed oh. like she only had enough money to either buy insulin or food, but she bought insulin. And I'd say, huh, if only there was a universal healthcare system in place that might might prevent some of this. How oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I'm. A ter- I, I want to get a haircut. <laughs> Thankfully, and uh, I don't think I don't think your states do this either of your states, but I have a fuck ton of bottles like piling up in my room or, you know, in my house because we have a bottle return system here. Uh, I, we do it, but I think you have to like drive somewhere I've never been to. No, no, like, our, like most any grocery store in our state, they have machines to like take bottles because you get 10 cents per bottle. Oh, okay. but also like pop costs 10 cents extra. You know, they offset it that way, but I have all these bottles that I can't return because the machine, like, they don't want to contaminate people. 
That makes all. sense. Yeah. That'll probably be one of the last things they <laughs> yeah. mess with. It, it'll be it'll be opening like August. <laughs> yeah, I uh I, I mean I did find out like like I said, the uh I'm in a job where I do like the people I work with. The thing is you don't really get a lot of chance to interact with them because you're constantly taking calls uh from people and you have to be paying attention and you can't be talking to the person next to you or whatever. So unless the person that happens to be your friend happens to go on break with you, which usually never happens because you can't have that many people uh out not taking calls at the same time. Usually one person goes on break by themselves. That's usually that's how that works. Uh so I was basically told it will probably be the last people in my state to go back to normal because our office cannot have the computers put six feet apart. And we can't work with masks on because it would obviously yeah, and, mess yeah, with our voices. So, you know, they said they had, it's not even been a thought of having us go back to the office, which is the only good thing because it saves me an hour drive in gas and health of my car, which driving every day for an hour was not really great for a 14-year-old car that probably has more things wrong with it that are being salvaged by not really using it a lot now. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, we're, everything seems to kind of be in phases slowly. Luckily, I, my girlfriend has, uh, uh, got a, de- a degree in, uh, beautician, so she knows how to cut hair. I got my hair cut, but I, t- I totally feel the, the people that, it, it was getting, to the point where it was really, bo- it was starting to bother me. It's like we gotta do something here because <laughs> the I went to go buy uh, when Amazon still had uh, the the shaving Flipper. yeah available. I t- I was waiting to get paid a couple of days later. When I got paid a couple of days later, they were all gone. And she was like, "You know what? I'll just use scissors, and we'll just stay yeah. that way." <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I'm more uh, just you know doing this work from home thing like Jens is and been able to uh to play almost at the end of Streets of Rage now. Uh I really enjoy the fact that it lets you switch the characters after every uh stage so you don't necessarily have to just stay with one character for the entire 10 stages and it actually rewards you in the stats if you switch characters out. So um that's cool too i guess a lot a lot of the uh beat em up games in the past you were kind of confined to that one character throughout the entire game unless you just decided not to continue but then you had to restart all over again so um that's a thing i think but i just love uh the graphics for that game they're just they're really good and uh the the it's a beat em up we've all played one of those we kind you kind of know what that is uh if you've done any gaming in your life but it just it feels good like it just feels it's uh really tight. Never had problems with like it glitching out or making me feel like I did something wrong. Like it's just uh the combos feel good. There's enough variety there. Um you get penalized for using uh your special too much or your like extra attacks, so you have to kind of figure things out. And I like that each one of the characters has like their own little quirks. Um like the daughter of Adam Cherry is one of my favorite characters. She has like a thing where she can hop from one person's head to the other and just hammer them and then flip them over, uh, with their guitar. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, pretty awesome. So, yeah, um, it's on Game Pass. You can give it a whirl on there or, uh, you can go buy it, uh, if you don't have a PC that plays games or an Xbox. 
Uh, it's on Switch and PS4 as well. Stylistically, how much of a throwback is it? How how much is it like classic? Streets oh yeah, of Rage? it's totally totally a throwback. Like everything about it is. You still have the thing where uh, when you die and you come back, uh, I think you'll mm-hmm. most probably remember it from The Simpsons. Remember how when you died and came back, the the enemies would fall down automatically. Mm-hmm. It happened. But, no, no, in I mean, Streets of Rage. It, it, it like. It like fly in, and then if they got hit by the fly in, then they got knocked down. But well, yeah, like fl- this like... game, when you you die and you come back, all the enemies fall down. Yeah, <laughs> when you that's probably start. better. So uh, it it was just like it made me laugh. I was like, wow, this this really makes you feel like you're playing with that that old uh, old game, and just yeah, it's. I mean, you still have the you know where you. It doesn't feel as restricted, right? Because you can still kind of go back a little bit, whereas you know. The older consoles, once you went forward, you necessarily couldn't go back. You were kind of stuck there. Um, so, like, yeah. if you miss a chicken or something, you can go back and grab it. Uh, and it doesn't disappear. So, you can actually strategically have it there and wait until you're about to run out of life and then use it and bam, your, your life comes back. So, cause you do get a bonus for how much life you have at the end of each stage. Um, so, and you get a bonus for not using your special. You get a bonus for, uh, having various lives also. Um, so, uh, there's been, uh, quite a few times where I was at the final boss for that stage and I was literally, if I got hit once, I was going to die. And I actually like made a big comeback and beat him and it just felt like really good to do. So, and there's a couple, there's several times where I had to restart the stage over because I died as well. But yeah, it is really very much a throwback. It's not, it doesn't have any of the, I guess things you would see in uh beat 'em ups. It doesn't have the combo meter thing there all the time to gratify you. It's all at the end. So uh you don't necessarily know how you're doing. Like a lot of the beat 'em ups, like one that I reviewed for my first review for the year, it was constantly there all the time. Um so uh another game that we'll talk about with the Xbox thing has that as well, which is weird because it's not a fighting <laughs> it's not a beat 'em up game. But um yeah it's if you love Streets of Rage at all, the, this is definitely, for good or bad, if you wanted to improve, if you wanted to give you reasons to keep replaying it or whatever, it doesn't necessarily have that unless you want to play on hard difficulties or whatnot. Um, there are these, like, markers that I haven't gotten to, and I don't know if that means you unlock a character if you get to that marker or what that means necessarily, um, but... I guess I'll find out if I ever get there in my playthrough, which I don't think I will. Um, so, uh, technically I should have had the review done like a week ago, but it's just, I've finally gotten to really be able to start playing it. So I'm almost at the end and I hopefully will have the review by the weekend. Uh, speaking of Mark's Animal Crossing review is posted. The Ancient Enemy one should be posted by, uh, either tomorrow or Sunday. Uh, and speaking of, Mark's also uh, reviewing this game that he's been talking about uh, for several pods now, a slow runner. So how, yeah, how's that? still good. I mean, Yen's had a fun adventure trying to give him a new truck <laughs> that didn't end well. Well, this is one of those things where Mark basically hyped this truck up as like, this is like playing the game in easy mode and it's way less frustrating. And I said, all right, show me your fire truck or whatever. Uh, or was it a big like logging truck or something? Right. I mean, the, th- the thing is massive to the point where the camera is like, can't keep up with it, which is kind of funny to me. So we just we went on a quest for him to lead me 
to this truck. But of course, I did not have nearly as many things open as Mark yeah. did. That there's basically paths that you need to clear, you know, missions that you do that will open up bridges and stuff. So, yeah, it's like you have to like drop off planks to build a bridge, or to like clear, you know, build, drop off tools to clear a rock slide and all this other crap. So, so there are there are ways around that, but they're really terrible ways around that. So we ended up taking, you know, really kind of long winding paths um, through several giant areas of this game to try and get to this uh, this truck that uh, Mark thought I should pick up, which seems like a great truck, and I was excited for it. But that was a very arduous journey, and our cars basically broke down before we well, reached the car, third area. Your car broke down completely because we kept like going through the big swamp, and your engine just died. And then my truck ran out of gas. So <laughs> yeah, so we need to try another. So this is like the third of three areas. We need to try another run at that. But I think here's the, every time playing that game, it just the prospect of playing that game just fills me with dread every time. Like as soon as I booted it up and I'm like in it and started playing it, I'm just thinking this is a terrible mistake. <laughs> it's like that, huh? <laughs> I know how I felt for most of that Resident Evil Six playthrough. <laughs> well, I won't uh, make you do that again. No, I mean, well, the infinite ammo thing's fine, but uh, what I was going to yeah, say about fun. SnowRunner is, like, so the thing that's really annoying me about the game right now is on the map, you can see, like, quests that'll be, like, you need to bring over two uh, pieces of, like, lumber or, like, two pieces of, uh, like, two boards of wood and two uh, service part boxes. And I was like, okay, I know where both those are. I mean, you can just pick them up in the game world. So... One mission I had to do was I had to bring over, bring two, two, eight, two of each thing to this house. And I got a trailer. I got it over there and I rolled the trailer one, which is not fun because I had to get it all over again. And I got to the house and I activated the quest and it was like, Oh, you didn't bring the right ones. We only, we only want specific versions of this, of these tools. And it's like, why can't the game just tell you that in the first place? Or why can't you just activate a mission from the map? You shouldn't have to drive to the mission to activate it. So my hour-long tour driving these stupid parts to this house ended in failure because they weren't the right ones. That's not fun. And also, the camera can't can keep up with that truck and the trailer. So it's like a super weird angle where it's not... I mean, that camera's all, all, already a little weird, but it gets super janky with this tra- trailer and truck. So that's not mm. cool. Snowrunner janky, you don't say. I I appreciate the jankiness, though, except for when the game crashes. Yeah. Uh, yep. The other fun thing I got is I got a uh, Mega SG yesterday. Okay. That is the analog Sega Genesis console. How? What have you run in it so far? Uh, well, I modded it, so I jailbroke the firmware, so you can just put in any game on the ROM or any game on the uh, SD card. Okay. And it can play Genesis games. Sega Master System games, which I have no experience with, Game Gear games, which I have some experience with, and Coleco games. Well, what, if you, what if you tried on it? Uh, Kid Chameleon, uh, Gunstar Heroes, which I almost beat, mm-hmm. kind of just for fun, because all you have to do is hold hold right and B with the homing and laser attack, uh-huh. and that destroys everything in the game. Uh, Sonic 3 and Knuckles, uh, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, Ooh. you know, all the big hits. Yeah, that's a nice cross section yeah. of games. So, how did they run? Are they? Is it basically perfect the original experience, or is there some emulation no, it's uh, perfect, compromise? It's perfect the original experience. If, if, if anything, it looks a little better 
than the original experience. Well, I'm assuming because it's going through HDMI, but is it is the hardware? Did they basically recreate the original hardware? Is what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like the Super NT, like you know FPGA emulation or you know FPGA, you know cert, you know whatever. So it runs perfectly then what what you would expect a Genesis to run at. So mm-hmm. you had to have like the physical cards or something where you can just kind of stick a USB and well, get files. No, no. I said I modded it, so oh. <laughs> I I have everything. <laughs> oh, okay. But like, could uh, like, you install something, or it has to be technically supposed to? You have to have the cards. No, no. I mean, it has an SD card card slot on the side of it. Yeah, so. you can rip oh. from the cards, right? But I mean, Mark just wants to be able to plug in a card that just has every game ever on it. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Uh and also, I like I I don't have a ton of appreciation for the Genesis. Like, I had one as a kid. But I only have like three games for it, so I don't have like a huge, you know, like library in my head about like. I mean, I have like twenty Super Nintendo games, like all the stuff I really want, but that's not going to happen with the Genesis, <laughs> right? You're not going to have right. physical copies to rip, right? I mean, I mean, I may grab a copy of uh, Gunstar Heroes just because I like that game. That's about it. <laughs> uh, and I got the white white one to make it look extra audi- extra gaudy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I saw the picture of it. It looks really cool. So yeah, yeah, I, I don't like, have a thing with the Genesis either. But I've, there's always games that I enjoyed, you know, going and playing through, you know, emulation throughout the years. So that's all cool. my nostalgia is for the Sega Genesis collection on 360. Oh, really? I, I, I actually watched a video of that comparing it to this thing, and they said like that 360 version has some like weird emulation issues. It has a little bit, but at the time, I mean, it's just how I experienced most of those games for the first time. Oh, I'd yeah. Never, I'd never played the bulk of that stuff, but other than well, Sonic. I, was, I, I, I had a, when I was a kid, I had a Genesis, a Sega CD, and a 32X. Mm. And if you want to talk about like something big, mean, big, bulky, and dumb, it's all that crap bolted together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because there's like, this thing actually can connect to a Sega CD, which is kind of interesting. Uh, there's like, 10 or 15 good Sega CD games. Are they going to make a Mega Are they going to make a Mega SC? No. Uh they they should, but not that I know of. <laughs> right. So you were just going to list all the good Sega CD games. Go. No, no. Uh but there are no Sewer good Shark? Sega, Microcosm. No, uh, there are Shark, no good yes. <laughs> Well, like I said, there are like 10 good Sega CD games, but there are no good Sega 32X games. <laughs> There you go. That's your next uh, top eight top eight Sega CD games. Well, like Vi, Lunar, uh, Sonic CD. That's kind of about it. <laughs> Snatcher never came out in America. Well, but you've got a modded copy. You can get the fan sub. No, I can't because you need still need a Sega CD to play games. Oh, right. But you, you can. You, you but can't it just be on a? You just get a ROM and put it on a little flash card that plugs into this thing, nope. or? I mean, that'd be nice, and I think you could probably technically do it, like, but they haven't released a core for it yet, or, you know, okay. I doubt they ever will. But, like, is there extra processing power that the CD adds in addition to just the drive? I think a little, okay. but there actually is some, like, weird flash card that's, like, $250. I think it's called the Terra Onion or Terra Drive, and, and that does let you just play Sega CD games from the cart, but I'm not going to spend that much money on a Sega CD. On a, Sega Genesis flash card. Right. I'd, I'd rather just get the real thing and play those games natively. Yeah, you can almost get half a, you know, another console well, for that. A, a, a Sega <laughs> CD is under 250 I mean, on eBay, you can probably get it for like 150 That's what I mean. But the fun, but the fun part is the Sega CD also has no copy protection. So 
you can just right. download every game and you know burn a copy. <laughs> Fair enough. So if you want to play, you know, Night Trap, you can you can have at it. Because yeah, I don't have enough copies of Night Trap by now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can that... play it. You can play it in its original form. That uh, I ended up with several different versions of that limited run release. Or that uh, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch music oh, video. Oh, yeah, my video. video. <laughs> yeah. I know. There is also a CNC Music Factory version of that that seemed pretty cool. Yep. So we all know Sega CD had had its hits. Exactly. I'm glad that we spent time on on going through the Sega CD. Yeah. I I would like to talk about the thing that I've been playing basically between the last nonstop since uh, we last recorded it until now. Yeah, Soccer Wars. Yes. It's an interesting game. It's a weird mishmash of stuff, and not all of it is great. Some of it is great, though, and I still think it's worth playing overall. But um, it kind of, and this is going to sound really damning, but it kind of does for Sakura Wars what Valkyria Revolution did for Valkyria Chronicles, where it takes a strategy franchise, a tactical uh, RPG, basically, and retools it, where it's still largely. So what Sakura Wars. Um, always was, is it has the tactical RPG components where you control mechs that fight demons from another realm, from a shadow realm, so to speak. And then you have the part where, well, the cover for your um, little demon fighting group is this imp- grand imperial theater where you do musical theater. And the musical theater performances performers are also the mech pilots. And they kind of split their job between those two things. Wait, wait. Is this like Sucker Punch the game? No, no, no. No. <laughs> it's it's more... Okay, it's like 50% harem anime, 50% mecha anime in a, steam, <laughs> in a steampunk setting with so, just... Like, it, like I said, Sucker Punch the game. <laughs> right. That's great. With just, just tropes. Just tropes upon tropes. Um, if you watch any kind of harem anime, like there's so much accidental pervert in this where, you know, um, like your, your main character is kind of a noble upstanding guy who wants to do the right thing, but keeps getting himself into situations where it looks like he's peeving on the girls no. and they're upset at him. That kind of thing. Right. There's a lot of that. Uh, there's a lot of talk. Obviously, there's your, um, you know, talk about friendship and togetherness and overcoming various traumas. It is the harem anime part of it, and it's kind of funny. One thing I do appreciate is that you can basically follow each of the romance quest lines. So there's, you've, it's on paper, it sounds bad because you're the captain of this combat unit, and you're basically romancing all of these women who are serving over, under you um, in this way where every single romance scene goes like right up until the point where you think it would move on to like now we're a couple and we're gonna kiss. But then it just always stops short of going there. And it is always kept secret. Like the uh, one line that you'll hear over and over again is, let's just keep this between of a, between you and me. Or this is going to be our little secret. So none of the female characters are aware of the fact that you're dating everybody. So you can kind of keep these relationships going until like the second to last mission where you're then going to choose what ending you're going to get. But you really can just kind of built that stuff up and it feels weird because okay so sure fire emblem emblem three houses let you date let date your students like after a five-year period you know when all that stuff's way in the past right yeah and 
you know, Persona Five has some of that kind of thing in it. But it's pretty. It's pretty like in the background. It's not like super important. But in Sakura Wars, it's really like okay, this is like a harem anime that doesn't dare to be a harem anime. Like it just it it just kind of stops just short of going of of actually like getting explicit about anything like or even the fact that there are, is a relationship like it's never acknowledged. Well, I, it's I, always I mean, just you have these bonding moments under the pretense of you're acting together or you know you're 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 it's a therapy session or whatever. Mark, sorry, you about to say something? No, I was gonna say it's like that. We talked about it online, I think, but it's like that Thousand Arms game for the PS One. Mm-hmm. Like, so you've got that part of it. Which is slightly simplified from how Sakura Wars used to be. Sakura Wars used to have, and it's what you'd expect from like a Fire Emblem or a Persona where you walk around the school. In between missions, you walk around the school, you talk to everybody, uh, you build those relationships. It's always multiple choice uh, questions with a timer. So it's clocking down and you've got to choose one of three answers usually. And there's always a correct one. There's always, here's the answer that this particular character wants to hear. And you just have to hope that you know them well enough. And sometimes it'll be quiz, you know, like you expect from a visual novel, right? So visual novels will quiz you on whether you're paying attention. The characters will always ask you about something that came up in dialogue or in a scene earlier to make sure that, that like, oh, do you, do you remember that thing that happened? So there's a lot of that. Um, and then there's a lot of, uh, just kind of, do you understand the history of Sakura Wars kind of questions as well, where, you know, somebody will ask you about, but mostly they do make that kind of beginner friendly by having, you know, when those kind of questions come up out of the three possible answers, two of them will be completely nonsensical. So whatever sounds remotely plausible, it's just going to be the one you want to pick when it comes to Sakura War history. Um, it is a so that's the social component of it where you do little, you know, you just basically just talk to people. Sometimes under the pretense of a fetch quest or something, but that stuff is absolutely minimal. It's mostly conversations. Um and then when you're in missions, this is where they changed it. This is where it's no longer Sakura Wars, uh, where it's no longer a kind of, you know, isometric tactical um, RPG. And it just becomes a very generic uh, third person action game masher. So you've got your heavy attack. You've got your light attack. Uh, for some of the robots, the heavy attack is ranged. If you build up enough energy by doing damage, you're going to get a super that you can unleash that, that, you know, is a, gives you a little animation for your super move and then does a lot of damage. And that is basically, you can dash, you can rocket boost, you can jump, and that's basically it. And you go through these combat arenas, uh, fighting these kind of just mobs of enemies. It's not hugely challenging. Like it's not a very difficult game in combat. Um, I think they tried to keep it accessible because there's probably people who are there for the visual novel part, so right. they didn't make it super crazy yeah, hard. They could have also just given you a difficulty toggle. So they don't do a difficulty toggle at all, or if there's I, – I don't think there is one at all. I haven't seen it in any of the menus unless I've missed something. What they do instead is there's just a default difficulty, which is already pretty easy, and then if you're struggling – they give you reinforcements, which stack. So the first time you die um, and have to restart from checkpoint, they ask you, like, do you want to use reinforcements? And it'll add plus one reinforcements. And the next time it'll add plus two reinforcements and so on if you opt for reinforcements. So 
it basically gradually will make the game easier the more retries you have. Um, and then the only thing it'll really, it'll ding you for that in your final evaluation. But it it won't ding you too hard, actually. Like, you know, if you ca- if you call, if you get like one or two reinforcements, which basically should be enough for anybody to beat one of these bosses, at least. The boss fights are the only really challenging thing. Um, you know, you might, instead of getting an S, you might get an A. So, I don't know. It The thing I liked about it is I like the characters. I really like the art style a lot. I think it's a beautiful looking game. I mean, obviously coming off Final Fantasy VII Remake, it's not going to compete with Final Fantasy VII Remake for um, visuals, but it has a really nice, clean art style. It's nice to see those um, characters in um, in HD. It's nice to see the Grand Imperial Theater, like, beautifully modeled as an environment. They also do other parts. It's, you know, it's not just the theater. It's obvi- It's like there's like six or seven locations in Tokyo that you can travel to to have social events, you know, various restaurants, the theater, uh, or a different, the movie theater, I should say. A uh, bunch of stuff, the the park um, that you can go to, and you'll go to for various quests. Um, but uh, yeah, that's Sakura Wars. Or story wise, um, we are set basically ten years after the original games. So the premise of this is that uh, there was some big incident with the Arch Demon after a portal was opened to Shadow Tokyo, uh, and regular regular Tokyo was going to get engulfed. Uh, so they made a, one, somebody gave their life basically to forge a magical key from their life force. And the characters of the original games ended up being locked inside. So they locked the demon in, um, in, in this portal. But the, uh, our, our original heroes are also locked in there. So the original Sakura, there's a new Sakura, um, who is just a different Sakura who at, at some point in her youth was saved by the original Sakura and thus feels some kind of a bond or, um, you know, she wants to follow in her footsteps, I suppose. And she dresses like her and she looks a lot like her. So it's basically you've got Sakura again, but it's a different one. And the original one is trapped in the Shadow Realm. So there and and there's what it sounds like a like Yu-Gi-Oh just stepped in. To... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, Persona also has a Shadow Realm. Yeah, a lot of a lot of things have Shadow Realms, uh, but but yeah, so they're trapped there. And like, there's a big one of the big arcs. Each character has a big arc, and big part of Sakura's arc is that there's a villain who Sakura thinks might be the old Sakura, but corrupted, and it really tears her up. But we don't really know whether or not it's the real one or not. So, so it's like it's like Tron Legacy. Yeah, actually, yes. So. Then there's like a, there's a spy, there's like a, a a traitor in your midst. Oh, and I should say the whole thing is also a tournament arc. Ah, even more <laughs> anime inspiration. Yeah, again, I was saying it's like if you name an anime trope, it's probably in here. So the big chunk, and it's funny. There's, and there's also a save the rec center kind of plot. <laughs> <laughs> so the tournament arc, and they, those two plots kind of stack on top of one another. Where on the one hand, so it's funny. I don't know how the funding in this world makes sense because you know you've got you're basically a military organization with all this equipment, and you've got crazy tech. At some point, now well, this is a spoiler. I shouldn't talk about this, but you have insanely awesome tech. Let's put it that way. Uh, but apparently you don't have enough money to repair the stage after the stage is damaged. So, you know, then you've got to put on a show to make money to help fix, you know, you've got to raise money to fix the stage. And in fact, a big plot point is that 
part of the reason that the theater exists is to fund the mech operation, which is even crazier. Because you wouldn't think like, no, a theater, you know, a, a like musical musical theater is not that profitable. You can't really fund a war with musical theater. Right, yeah. I don't know hey. how this works. Hey, man, the Muppets can. Right. But there's there's basically like this part where there's a, a save the rec center kind of plot that you have to do. Where you, it's like a put on the show just so we can keep going through the tournament, which is the real goal. Um, and uh, but then, of course, while this whole tournament plot is going on, there's also, you know, a plot to bring back the Archdemon and reopen the rift. So all of these plots are kind of happening simultaneously and converge at the end in a very neat way. Like this is one of those things where you can you can see the screenwriting outline a little bit as it's coming to a conclusion where you're like, okay, oh yeah, this arc goes here and this arc goes here and this resolves this way and like, yep, it, it's a well-oiled machine the way that they um, wrap everything up, but it's almost too convenient at times. But you know, anime, so. Yeah, it's you, not like these these anime things are all will make par for anything the course. convenient. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is par for the course for the genre that we're in. So as a representation of the genre, I you know, considering for what it is, I enjoyed it. It's not a masterpiece or anything. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. I think I would recommend it to people like myself who are into that sort of thing. Uh but it's probably like a seven out of ten game. So it's definitely something I can be cool with picking up if it goes on a $30 sale or something. Yeah, I think you as a Musu player would be totally fine with it. Like yeah, if you I, mean, imagine... I, I enjoy my anime too, so... I'm yeah, if you, if you imagine a Musu game with a bunch of visual novel anime around it, um, a, a little bit more depth. A little bit more depth than a Musu. But, I, I, you know, at least in the stuff that's not the combat. The combat is very bare bones. Yeah, so you're really not there for the combat. You're there for the visual novel, the anime, the... Yeah, the and, and the combat, there's not even that much of it. I mean, the bulk of it actually is kind of in the third act, because the last two chapters are big combat chapters. But for most of the game, you'll go through it, and you'll spend like an hour and a half doing, you know, talking to people and and visiting the various locales. And then there'll be um, a little emergency call, and you'll do five minutes of robot fighting, and then it's back to anime. Right. Or back to visual novel, that is. Sounds... Sounds fun to me. I'm down with that. Yeah. So, you know, people who... It's funny because, you know, Mark will often bring up how Asura's Wrath is not a real game, or at least in people's minds it's not a real game. I'm thinking, you know, Asura's Wrath has more not um, quick-time event combat, I think, than Sakura Wars has. I mean, but the combat in Asura's Wrath, you can't lose. There's no fail state. (laughs) That's not true. There, there are a couple of boss. That's absolutely not true. Some of the boss fights, especially the DLC I'm, I'm not talking boss. About, I'm not talking about the boss fights. I'm talking about just the main. Like there are a few, you know, instances where you just like hit the ground and you face like these like mm-hmm. cookie cutter enemies that you know, yep, literally can't lose again because can, because they can barely damage you. I mean, I think you could lose if you really tried. But you're right; they're not partic- those sequences are not particularly hard. The boss fights can get kind of hard, like that. The last boss fight in the DLC. Actually, the last couple of boss fights in the game get hairy. You when you face Akuma? Is Akuma so the one I'm talking about? The hardest one in the game is the is the one where you in just the, like it's like a perfectly white room, and you're just no, fighting this. It's just like a shadow figure. He's the very last boss. No, there are like actual boss fights against like, Akuma and Evil Ryu in that game. Okay, like it turns into a fighting game. Oh, you're talking about the DLC? Yeah, yeah. That's just the that's not part. Okay, 
Fair enough. That's not really part of the game to me. That's just a little. That's just here is a uh, a motion comic and then like a, a little Street Fighter thing, and you paid eight dollars for it or whatever. They should have put them in Street Fighter Four or Five for that matter. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I was thinking about things that actually happen in the game. Well, there you go. You got uh, yeah. all you could want with Soccer Awards. I'm still very interested in uh, picking it up at uh, some point here. So, mm-hmm. oh, it's very pretty. That that's like I mean, yeah. I just dig the style. I like the characters, music. Right. It's got a great soundtrack. But I talked about that last time. So yeah, well, I have to check that out as well. On and uh, sorry, I, I guess you're trying to segue to news. <laughs> no, I'm I'm trying to. So, did you get any farther in uh, FF7 remake, Mark? Or uh, I hit chapter thirteen, uh, and I hit against that Leviathan boss fight and got my ass kicked pretty hard. Uh huh. That was not fun. <laughs> so uh, I, just, I, I have to level up a little and try that again and not be depressed about it. <laughs> oh, so you have to fight him there. You can't. It, like it doesn't get. Stuck with Chadley, and then you can do it whenever you have to do it. I think you. I think you can actually. I'm not. You can do it whenever. You don't have to do it in Leviathan at all. Okay, good. So I might just keep going then. Uh, Okay. But like, I looked up a guide about like how to beat it, and I was like, well, I don't have most of the stuff you hit your list, so this may be a problem. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's cool to have him. Yeah, I mean, summons in that game really aren't that important. Uh, Ifrit has true. Ifrit has saved my butt. Sometimes I mean, sure. I mean, so they're useful, but they aren't like you know game breaking. Yeah, because they know, show up it's... once. Like once they are summoned, you can't summon them again. So yeah. man, I used Ifrit a lot. Ifrit was kind of my favorite. Yeah, yeah. I used Shiva sometimes if I knew that that character was like the boss I, I was fighting was weak to ice. But yeah. I actually pretty much just use the fat chocobo because that's like that kick he or not the fat chocobo the uh, chocobo and Moogle because that kick he does like drastically ups or stagger meter so that helps quite a bit regardless of what elemental attack it has i think i used him once and it wound up being against a boss that was like strong as wind so it really <laughs> didn't do anything i was like yeah. okay not using him again uh, right yeah i i never even activated the choco kid i forgot that i had it so, so uh that's one of the ones that like screws up the uh summon system so i wouldn't yeah. use it. i mean you can activate it but i would never use it <laughs> oh i just wanted to see it once i just forgot that i had it i yeah. like it never i guess you have to go in the options and activate it because i never saw it appear oh you have to like you know you just have to enter in the code from the uh game like in, in the psn store and then it's just like a dlc option oh okay i, I just uh, remember it like downloading for me and then uh, i guess i did have to do that yeah oh well yeah. but uh yeah, anything more on Chimera Squad or haven't played that much? Or? Uh, I play like the next mission. I got the sniper, uh, you know, which in XCOM is always game breaking because it, it gave me a, it gave me a choice. He's like, "Do you want the Snake Soldier, the sniper, or the Psionic dude?" I'm like, "I'll take the sniper because you always want the sniper." <laughs> and I just I find that game really boring. Like I don't know about Gears, you know, Gears Tactics, but like it's like the most like bare, it's incredibly bare bones. Like it has like very little production value. And it's like, well, you were, yeah, I really did this on the cheap. Like, I think, like, I think, like, three days ago or two days ago, they were offering the game for free on, like, some online storefront. I'm like, oh, wow. Really? Okay, wow. Yeah. They went for, they went from cutting it down to $10 for release to yeah, offering it, it for free. Wow. It was, I think it was, like, the Win Game Store, like, some, like, kind of, like, you know, smaller game store. But it was, like, yeah, it's free for, like, an hour. 
so that's why I got slammed. And I'm like, yeah, of course it did. But uh, I mean, even at free, like it's like, yeah, I guess. But I think there are better XCOM, you know, those type of strategy games out there for sure. I mean, I think Gears is Gears fifty or sixty. It might be Gears, sixty. Gears Tactics is sixty if you buy it. Yeah, I mean that is way too much. Like if that game was thirty, I'd probably happily buy it, but not sixty. Well, I mean they're also not. It's also there for you if you want to pay a dollar and get Game Pass Ultimate for three months. I mean, I, I like owning games. What's the? I know, but like, if you want to try out something, it's not bad. Like, I get you like I mean, games. By, but... by that metric, I could just bootleg it, and that, hell, that'd be free. Like, <laughs> I could just I could just mail you know Coalition Games a dollar, but like, hey, I pirated your game. Here you go. Okay, but fair enough. Yeah. I'll keep I'll keep hacking away XCOM. I just find it just really boring. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah I haven't played uh, any more Gears because yeah. I'm trying to speed through Streets of Rage so I can write about it. Because uh, I'm like knee deep in like four games I'm supposed to be reviewing, <laughs> so I'm trying to like have it all done so I can just write one after the other and then have everything free for um, Xenoblade at the end of the month. Yeah, I still got I still have that pre-order, but I don't know if I'm going to keep it or not. Which Nintendo basically confirmed for sure it's coming on the 29th because they just released a whole seven-minute uh, video talking about all the characters and showing a heck of a lot more of the that sweet-looking uh, gameplay with the the nicer graphics. Um, so I don't know if you saw that, Jens. Uh, I mean, if you played the game already, you know those characters anyway. But I'm just uh, it's. It is. Uh, it was pretty cool, and they talked a little bit about Future Connected, like what that's about too. So I did not see any of that stuff. Yeah, um, I don't know if you want me to talk about it at all, or send know how you are sometimes about. Uh, no, no, I'm curious. Uh, yeah, so Future Connected has it involves uh, Shulk and Melia, and you uh-huh. see kind of what's going to happen to Melia's. I forgot what it's called. Her world or her like her mm-hmm. tribe where they're from. Mm-hmm. And there's a two new uh, Nopon that also are on your squad. Wow! And so uh, this is yeah. I think it's going to wind up tying to, if not the Torna DLC, mm-hmm. to two in some way. That'd be cool if they so. if they could link it all. I've not played Torna yet, so I don't. That's that's the one that's on the backlog. Right. Oh, it's so uh, good though. Uh, but, the only uh, the only thing that sucks about it is they do um force you to do the side quests mm-hmm. uh to like advance the story at certain points, but nice. the story is well worth it. Right. Yeah. Gotta get some value out of you know, smaller games, so I, that seems to happen sometimes with uh with DLC where they where they make more, less of the content optional, I guess. Do you know what you still want to do most of? Of course, Xenoblade has always had so much content that there was trying to 100% everything is completely futile to begin with. So it I'm just like they made the world a little bit more like two in how they opened it up. Some like I I don't remember seeing as many, like some of what they show is like I don't remember seeing as many like highly leveled. Uh, monsters around when you go into those great plains, or right? You won't, you won't take the a wrong corner and be dead suddenly. Yeah, uh, I they happen to show a lot more of uh, that as well. But <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be fun to uh, play that and and it looking nice there. Man, it's exciting that there's so this is like all new content that they're adding. 
Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's the base game. It's most of it is the same game. It's just they're also adding that extra like epilogue, I guess, to tie it in. To, but nice. you know, you're you get like a profile. It showed like a little, basically gave like a profile on each one of the characters and uh, showed a lot more of the game, like what it's gonna look like with those nice graphics and everything. Um, so and some of the redone music as well. So that's always a plus. Cool. Uh, some of the best music in gaming, right there. Incidentally. Oh yeah. This is why I need my physical copy of my CD set. Well, uh, speaking of uh, Japanese things, Tokyo Game Show joins the long list of gaming shows that are canceled. And this one's not happening until September, but, you know, obviously um, Japan going through a much different version of the outbreak than uh, other places are. And, I mean, if they already canceled the freaking Olympics, I mean, anything else is going to kind of pale in comparison to that. Uh, so... This was supposed to take place September 24th to the 27th in Makwari, uh, Masai, and it's now going to be turned into some kind of a digital event. So we'll see, I guess, what they can salvage out of it to turn it into a digital. Uh, and this thing. does not bode well for uh, other September events, if this is what where they are, where we are now, as far as canceling things this far in the future. I mean, maybe, but we'll see what happens. Like, Japan is always, I mean, they were wearing masks even without the virus or you know they're very oh sure but they also didn't you know they didn't implement distancing as early as other places yeah they, yeah. The lockdown they were more later. lax about that yeah it's weird they were also more lax about work well of course they don't you know we talked about work from home infrastructure but yeah no uh, it's a bummer obviously but we're still going to get the announcements I and mean, for yeah. me per, for me it doesn't make a big difference to my life though yeah, I mean, because we weren't going to go to Tokyo to this event anyway. So, <laughs> and I've I've always yeah. wanted to go. Right. Um, I might go at some point, which makes me hope that this is not going to, you know, all of these trade shows. I really don't want this to be the death of them. Yeah, it's still like a cool thing to go. Like I will always cherish that getting to go to E three. Um, obviously E three is much different now with having the people, the 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 you know the general gaming public there. Um, but it's. And also, you, um, you know, Nintendo still had a actual like E3 presentation then. And, it, you know, like getting to go to all those was like a cool thing. Um, so now there's so many of them that I hear from everybody that it's almost so much easier just to cover that from your hotel room and not bother going into the actual, you know, seating and, and being in there. But yeah, it, it's still like a just, cool event to go and i'd love to go to the tokyo game show just to experience that and just be there uh as well but you know maybe gamescom also on on the list in the future maybe who knows but yeah mm -hmm. speaking of uh events the first of the what is now uh, a monthly inside xbox supposed to be giving you a peek into something involving the xbox series x which is being just called xbox 2020 uh, and as they revealed, the July episode will feature um, the look at the first party games. June will be part of the IGN Summer of Gaming thing, which is more akin to trying to get like an E3 thing out of everybody that's in that, which also now uh, Cyberpunk is 2077 has also joined the IGN Summer of Gaming. As we talked on the last show, EA Play is going to have their or EA is going to have their EA Play thing. Uh, on that, which is their usual, their usual E3 press conference, uh, deal. And 
Well, you know, it's cool that they're doing this uh, every month. And, and, and I mean, other than Mark, who doesn't want four or five months of game news well, uh, spread out. Ju- judging, yeah. by, judging by the event they put on, I don't think anyone wants four or five months of this crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think as, I, I mean, it should probably do it the opposite way, but this is already, as this show's being posted, it's already two days old, so might as well do it the opposite way. Um, so... If you've been living under a rock or just don't pay attention to gaming news that closely, um, and for some reason you're hearing it first on, on this show, I guess that's, that's awesome in itself, is the May 7th event, as Mark just alluded to, was not received well, uh, at all. Uh, uh I, I, I would call it a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a shit show. I would think it's more of, uh, Microsoft should have just not worded anything and just said we have an inside xbox as did microsoft promise next-gen gameplay for Assassin's yeah, Creed, or okay, was that so ubisoft it here's Both the thing actually. xbox here's what it actually said in the uh press release for this may event uh we will focus on giving you a first look at next-gen gameplay did not specify what games trailers and sneaks peeks from a wide variety of publishing partners and independent developers across the globe including Ubisoft's recently announced Assassin's Creed Valhalla and hear from the game creators on what they're doing with the games. So, I mean, yes, technically they did promise that not everything is going to be gameplay. They said trailers and they said sneak peeks as well. Um, The thing is, I think what hurt the most for me is uh, the Ubisoft thing was a total just, that was just terrible. A joke? And (laughs) that, that was, I don't know how much of that was Ubisoft wanting to they want to save everything for their event uh, or realizing that they didn't at the last minute, maybe decided they didn't want to show anything. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't know if we'll ever really know if Ubisoft will ever be honest about uh, why they showed what they showed, but to promise that game at the end and then to show the very small amount of it that you did and a lot of it being the same things we saw in the first trailer. And then also it's just like, talk about uh, like having to grab a magnifying glass and try to figure out what the heck was actual gameplay. I mean, uh, I kind of did yeah. that. When I, was, when I was looking at that trailer, I watched it like two or three times. I'm like, well, some of this, it does look like gameplay, but it, it'd be like, you know, watching a ra- you know, watching a racing game taken from like the replay camera. It's like, yeah, this is technically gameplay, but not really. Like, and that game is due out in six months. Like, they should have yeah, something. but like, again, it, like, they had their own event in June, so... Yeah, I mean, I mean, show, like, multiple missions. But, I mean, they get at least shown, like, the guy walking or climbing up Stonehenge or something like that. <laughs> yeah, they could. I just, you know, this is the first one. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's nice that... Microsoft wanted to show off the third parties and obviously them getting to talk a lot about those hundreds of developers that were working on games for them. I mean, most of those are probably also, uh, there's, um, there's little bits of information that was not included in this, which I guess I appreciate because there's some E3s where Microsoft spent more time telling you limit exclusive. Timed exclusive, all that stuff. There's there's information that some of these games that they showed is either a timed exclusive or a launch game or whatever. Um, the 
major thing that I think also hindered this a bit is a lot of these games are smart delivery enabled, which is great if you're going to get them on Xbox One or PC or whatever. Um, I think that also limits the how much is this really going to look like next gen if most of these games are mm-hmm. also appearing on the previous console. And I think in general, we also have to remember that this is not going to be this huge graphical leap. We're talking about the games running better, looking better uh, from a other kind of standpoint, as in like they have better lighting, things are going to move faster, games are going to load faster, and not so much like you're going to see this crazy jumping graphical fidelity because, I mean, PCs are kind of, if you get your high-end PC, you're already going to be doing a lot of what you're going to see in the Xbox uh, Series X and PS5. So, you know, I wasn't really expecting that. I think I understand. Like, I, I don't know what you thought, Jens, but I kind of, this just felt like another inside Xbox to me. I, it didn't. I liked yeah. seeing uh, Yakuza. Yeah, that was funny. Well, that was the one game that actually had gameplay. Yep. <laughs> you well, know, Crazy Summons is what Japan, you want. Right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool that series is on Xbox now. But yeah, that was actually, again, I couldn't care less about any of the stuff that was shown. You didn't uh, like Scarlet one, Nexus? That felt yeah, like the another that, uh, Code Vein type thing. Yeah, that, I figured that would have been up your alley, though. <laughs> that bandit, that anime game. Oh, sorry. I, I meant uh, by Ubisoft. Oh. I actually, oh, I actually okay. didn't. Yeah, I, I actually didn't uh, see the full event. I just yeah. saw the I shit saw, show like, part. I saw like half of it. I didn't. I don't care about the Geiger game or that Silent Hills knockoff or whatever they're making. Oh, I've only seen some screenshots of the Geiger game. It looks cool. Oh, that looks amazing. Scorn. Mm-hmm. That looks awesome. Uh, and I've seen the, there's actual gameplay from, cause this has been in development since like 2014. So there's actual like at least eight or 10 minutes of gameplay from, I don't know, back then. And it looks really cool. Like the whole thing stays in that aesthetic, even in gameplay. Um, so. And there's, uh, you know, puzzles and there's adventure to it. It's not just shooting. It's like various game types and, and one when it's in, it's all first person, but it looks, it looks, I mean, at least what they showed there looks great, but that's the thing is, I mean, I guess that's in engine, but how much is that cinematic and how much is that in engine? You know, um, it's also some of these were prefaced by, well, this is what it's supposed to look like on Xbox series as it's not. This is Xbox Series X, which I think is also what made it people upset is why are you showing us things that are being run from a PC? Because you know there's not a Series X, you know, it's not like they have like five of them in the in the back room that, you know, are you know, that would be sold well, on but store. They're, it's but not live. All... This is a video thing, like you know. Yeah, and, and most of those games probably aren't optimized for the Xbox One X. Like that actually that doesn't bother me at all. It's like, yeah, yeah. of course. Well, no, I'm saying the general populace and the, uh, you know, the, the console war folks that want to find the first well, thing to get upset about. But yeah. I mean, they don't understand game development, so yeah. they, their opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, something else they show, which is obviously not going to look great because it's supposed to be coming on the, or not that it looks bad. It's just, it's obviously not going to look, uh, like anything next gen of Vampire Masquerade Bloodlines 2. Even I like that trailer. Um, it's just it's not going to look next gen because it's clearly well, coming out on these systems, you know, yeah, that but, we have now. So, I mean, it's such a 
I mean, I don't think next gen applies anymore because it's like mm. some of these games, you just can't tell the difference. I mean, yeah. I mean, cyberpunk, that, whenever that comes out, it's like, well, you I always, mean, you're always going to be limited by what assets the team can create. Yeah. You're going to be limited by your development time and your labor yeah. force. And we have to so, remember too, the first couple of years of the Xbox games there, what he said, there's no next, you know, series S exclusives. Yeah. So yeah, they're well, not going to be able to take advantage of it completely, you know. Well, we have uh, the, next, the next one will be uh, the Halo one, so that'll be fun to rip apart. <laughs> at, at some point, we're just going to see improvements in things that can be done procedurally yeah. or algorithmically. Okay. That's where we're going to see anything that you can that you can automate, where you can, like, we can do, you know, this fog, you Mark, know, well, tech, tech or, think, or think this, like, like, mass AI or whatever, you well, know. I've, Think about the crowds in uh, Assassin's Creed. Like that was a you know, the big driving point. That was the cool thing, and it didn't quite work. And uh, in, in, I'm assuming you're talking about Unity. Unity is the one that had like the crazy crowd yeah. tech. Um, so yeah, if they actually made good on the promise of Unity in one of these, you know, that'd be a cool thing. That's where I think the next gen is going to help. But at some point, you know, we just played Final Fantasy VII Remake. That game looks amazing. Uh, sure, but even that game has parts of it where it doesn't look great. Yeah, but yeah. it's because there's a shitty te- texture on a door. Yeah. Or like a sh- you know, we've we've zoomed in, we're zooming in on the flower when the flower is not nearly a high enough quality model to well, zoom even in the that characters close. when they when they zoom in same way. So, you know? I mean the main character I think the main characters look pretty good, but yeah, I, but yeah I, you I, you get to that but would it really look that much so yeah, you're going to have a higher texture quality. You may have you may output more polygons and things are going to be a little bit rounder. Yeah. But it's not going to be like some generational leap, like the Xbox to Xbox 360 or like PS1 to PS2. At some point, it's still a character model that somebody had to model and animate, and that's going to be the limit of what can be rendered. Right. Uh, I think, uh, you know, from other things that were shown also, like Bright Memory Infinite, um, that's actually in early access. I just bought it for $10 on Steam. Uh, It's basically the full game of what they have in early access right now. That's going to be coming to Xbox. I mean, it looks cool. It uh, it's like a shooter that's also like a- has action combat and it has a scoring system. Also, like a like uh, a beat 'em up yeah. game. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I mean, and you can drive a cool looking car. So at, at some point. So I mean, um, yeah. I mean, I get it. Like some of these games are not. You know, they're they're not looking like oh crazy. But I think others. Um, such as Scorn, uh, even Scarlet Nexus, you can tell how much better it looks um, with that upright. I mean, that game know. just looked like, like that game looked like actual Chain Two to me. Like it's like, all right, I guess. There's but... probably some code vein in there too, because I, 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 there's probably some of that combat that's gonna have the Dark Souls tinge to it. I just love the like the look of the villains, like a freaking thing Quiet. with um, yeah, flowers on it that has legs and. They just stole uh, that from Star Trek yeah. Card, man. Come on. <laughs> but it's uh it's cool. It it has like two different anime styles that look good. Uh what'd you think of the Dirt Five? That was the announcement. Uh, I mean <laughs> it, it running at 120 frames per second might be cool. Uh but like them going, hey, we got Nolan North and Troy Baker to the voice work is not a great endorsement. I mean <laughs> they're it's promoting like, a story mode, so Yeah, I mean that's the kind of the thing that might be might interest me, but We'll see. Like, you got to do something with that franchise. 
Yeah, but then things like Madden that they showed, like, I think, like, two seconds of Patrick Mahomes in engine, like, that's the kind of stuff that's like, why even bother? You know, I mean, I can't say that about the whole Madden franchise. Yeah. So, <laughs> I th- one of the things I think I liked the most was the medium. That looks awesome, and uh, it's from the same team uh, that did the Observer, the the Bloober team. So, um, you know, it's going to be good. And I, did you see the um, Cyberpunk Diablo? Uh, I've seen. I saw like a little of it. I mean, that'd be cool because uh, I want that. <laughs> yeah, it's called the Ascent. I imagine games will too. <laughs> yeah, it'll. It looks like okay. it, it's. You're gonna see it. It's immediate cyberpunk Diablo. That's that's what they're going for. That's the whole theme. Uh, Sounds you like you're describing too human. Yeah, no, I, this, I mean, is, this is this is good. Okay. But it's got the isometric gameplay. Yeah, I mean, was, you can play yeah, by just, yourself or co-op. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We'll play that. If it's co-op, we'll play it. Speaking of co-op, there's also a dinosaur destroyer co-op game. <laughs> Dinosaur destroy what? By uh by the uh Avalanche Systemic Reaction team. It's called Second Extension, and basically it's there. It's there for you to kill all the dinosaurs with guns. That's that's what that game is. So uh, is it a first person shooter? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> so maybe you and Mark can uh can play that too. Also um, co op? Yeah, it's a co op. It looks like it's supposed to be designed for like three. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> It shoots some dinosaurs. That's not uh, something that I shoot. I, I, I want to have this. It needs to have the cerebral boar from Turok. Mm. <laughs> That's what it was giving me vibes of too. Was a little bit of a uh, Turok. Okay, I've um, never played a Turok game. I must admit. Uh the first two are cool, and then okay. after the series fall apart, falls apart after that. I did play Trespasser, though I never finished it. No, this is like Turok. Like you have like crazy weapons. It's like really weird. Mm. Well, all the uh, dinosaurs are like mutated and stuff, so uh, they're going to be like faster and things like that. So right, because regular dinosaurs are just not cool. <laughs> that, that's what that's what Jurassic World taught us, right? That like we need a stupid made-up dinosaur because regular dinosaurs are, you know, so nineties. Hey, man, it's all part of the marketing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, there's also like a space um, aerial combat game uh, called Chorus that looks kind of neat. Ooh. Uh, and like you pilot a star, uh, well, they show off this girl, um, that's, I guess, the main character in the story, and then they show the, like, combat, space combat shooter gameplay, and you can do flips and stuff, and shoot, and, uh, they're starfighters and that kind of thing, so, it looks pretty neat as well. I mean, like, that's the thing, I, a lot of these games, there's some of them we knew about, like Accusa and Vampire and, but a lot of these were games we didn't necessarily know about. So I kind of appreciated that as well. And it's not, we're not talking about, oh, we got all the huge publishers. These are kind of the, I guess, lower, you know, BC type, um, publishers. So it's nice to see Microsoft kind of embracing that as well, you know? Sure. So <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm I, excited with the prospect of a space game. Is this a cockpit or, uh, Exterior camera, or like how simmy does it seem? From what I saw, it's it was exterior combat. It's not first person. Maybe it might just be you have different views, you know. Okay, but but like um, in terms of complexity, does it did it seem more like a shmup, or did it seem more like um, like a sim? Is I guess what I'm trying to get at. uh, It's like 
Yeah, is it like Wing Commander or not? Like no, no, it's like, not that. I don't think it's that. Okay. I mean, it's only an hour. Or it's not an hour. An hour, like a minute and twenty seconds of yeah. gameplay. So, man, I really regret not seeing any of these. Just Yakuza and Assassin's Creed. Seems like I missed some cool stuff. I mean, those are the big ones. I mean, I mean, well, that's, that's, that's five, all the probably. ones they show. It is like twenty five minutes love, of stuff. Yeah, so. I love Space Combat. What is this game called? Chorus. Chorus. Space Combat game. Oh, okay. Official announced trailer. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, a lot of the stuff, I get it. I get that what the people were upset about. They were short clips. A lot of it was very stylized, which we'd expect in these things. They're trying to make it look cool. They don't They don't want to sit there for five minutes and show off, you know, people walking around and things like that. But I mean, yeah. I would rather have that than just, I mean... That that's real. It's not yeah. like like that. It's right. everything was so fake that now so... I know why you couldn't tell me what the hell chorus actually was. Because I'm watching the trailer right now, and it's just all cool lady standing in a hangar. Hey, well, that's that, the the yeah. sh- the gameplay is like a little bit later in the trailer. I think that that is that is eighty percent of what this event was. So yeah. I'm just gonna wait. Where's the where's the gameplay? Is there gameplay in like the last? It's a little seconds. bit. It, you'll see like uh, the last ten seconds. Or uh, last yeah, I think it's like seconds. the last twenty seconds or something like that. What they show like a ship doing flips and then shooting. I mean, even like oh, that, there it is. Yeah, even like that oh. Dirt Five trailer. It was yeah. like you know most of that was probably you know from the game, but it's all like replay of you know replay races. It's like this looks like an arcade game. Like you're really far away from your ship with the camera. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. It, it, it's, it's kind of like the, it, it reminds me of the gummy ship a little bit. I mean, obviously in a <laughs> realistic art style, but in terms of the perspective and how you're moving, it reminds me a little bit of the of kingdom hearts. Agreed. Uh, yeah. and there's okay. also the call of the sea game that looks like a, it's like an adventure game with set in the thirties and yeah. it's first person that looked neat too. Call to see if I have a warrant. Is that it? Yeah. Or, call to see. Or Call of the Sea. Oh, Call of the Sea. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I liked what they showed. It's just they didn't do a great job of showing it off. Oh, it's a Lovecraft game or a Lovecraftian game. Yeah, and, and it was misleading. And also, like, I felt like it's the same inside Xbox stuff where we're not we're prioritizing more about giving you the interviews with the people talking than we are necessarily focusing on having the good gameplay. So I, I don't, I mean, no offense to developers, but most of those, I don't care about listening to them. Like, unless it was like a guy playing, like I said, like, I think they did that for like origins, maybe like they were like showed a mission of origins and the guy was talking over or he's like playing it. Mm-hmm. It's like, that would have done a lot better. Even if it's some throwaway mission, uh, Valhalla, I'd be like, Oh, I have to find the axe. It's like going this like five minute tomb run or something. It's like then you could explain what's going on, not just some cookie cutter trailer that you know. Yeah, the ship combat looked kind of like from the game. But that's about it. Yeah, that, that was the thing is they showed that small little trailer and they spent I think five or six minutes talking to I forgot who it was, the creative director, and I'm just like, well, that's what Inside Xbox is. We want you to see our people talking to other people. And I and get it. It's, it feels like it's the total antithesis of what Sony and Nintendo do, where they don't want to have people talking in their direct. That's what the treehouse and that's what the other things are for. And Microsoft wants to do the opposite. And it's just like people, 
the majority of people that are not in games press that need to know all these extra little tidbits to write an article don't care about that stuff. So that's the thing I think where they get knocked and they perhaps take this in stride and learn to make it more of like their E3 presentation where it's games, but let's show stuff that people will, if you're promising gameplay from these games, so many people really have to sit there and look for it. Or I have to wait until, which I I forgot to mention, the uh, Bright Infinite is made by one person, which that's amazing that one person made that game with as good as it looks. Wow. And as much stuff is in that game, uh, but also that guy had to go later and update and upload an 18 minute long thing of gameplay so you could really see what that game is like because the minute and 30 seconds that they showed at the Xbox thing was very misleading. It looked awesome, but it doesn't look as cool as when you see it in the, I mean, it does move really fast because it feels like, it all feels like an FPS version of control. Because she has, like, the powers, and she shoots guns, but she's also, like, really fast. And there's a... You get scored every so often with, like, an actual grade on top of what you're... When you're going around and killing the, the enemies or whatever. And you can switch between, like, a sword and a gun and whatever. So, I mean, it's like, again, there's a lot going on, but you don't really grasp that until you see that 18 minutes of gameplay that was thrown on later so oh there's no 18 minutes of gameplay about dirt 5 or assassin's creed so (laughs) yeah but dirt 5 even codemasters itself is basically telling you we just started you know this is kind of what we're showing because we've just announced the game we're not like super far into development then if that's the case don't show it i mean i would rather them hold off the announcement until they say hey this is the actual game yeah, I mean, that's it's dirt. That's, I mean, like, what do you expect? Like, we well, saw what dirt is. <laughs> that's the nuts part. Nuts parts about the uh, Assassin's Creed thing is like that game. They said it's going to be out this year. They should be showing gameplay of that thing. But again, we know how Ubisoft is. They always wait till their show to show you the big part of Assassin's Creed. And they Creed. should. They should have backed up from this thing. I mean, I agree. I agree. But uh, you know, we wouldn't even be having this really if. You know, none of this stuff happened. It'd all be happening at E3 anyway. But yeah, we'll see how IGN's thing rolls out and what we get there. Um, Jeff Keighley apparently was doing production for this thing as well, even though you wouldn't be able to tell. Um, he did say that more things are going to be coming in May. Just they're just not announced yet of who's going to be, hand, you know, whose shows that are going to be, but. Apparently more things are coming before whenever IGN's thing is happening, which I guess is like that, that E3 week in June. Yeah. So, uh, moving away from that, we, we talked a lot more than I thought we were going to about that. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11 announced, or well, NetherRealm announced, uh, after Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath, which has some free content along with paid content. Uh, so the free stuff. Coming May 26th, is that going to add new stages, new stage fatalities, and friendships are back, which that's cute, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, get, I mean, yeah. like, bring back uh, I remember, now. Are these yeah. just alternatives to um, fatalities? Yeah. Yes, it's like. It's like, it's like a new, uh, new Cybot or one of the guys are like, 
he clones himself and he starts jump roping with himself. Yeah. Or like Kano like barbecues some sausages with his like laser eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's silly, but you know. Um, I mean, it's part of the lineage because that that stuff was like in Mortal Kombat two, I think, or maybe three. Yeah. It's in the uh, Mortal Kombat trilogy. Yeah, that's that's where it's from. Uh, the Deadpool and Soul Chamber are going to be brought back from uh, Mortal Kombat two and three, so that's cool. I guess if you're uh, a huge I mean, uh, Mortal Kombat fan, yeah, let's get to the let's get to the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, the paid stuff is going to have uh, RoboCop. Yeah, so uh, Shokan Queen Shiva. Um, Raiden's bo- uh, brother and God of Wind, Fujin. Um, so he's uh, going to be there as well. And um, there'll be uh, exclusive like story stuff for the DLC characters, Shang Tsung, Nightwolf, Fujin, Shiva, and Sindel. Uh, so if you use those characters a lot, you can uh, you know, enjoy that. And you get to kind of see what happens to Liu Kang after he gets godlike. So... Man, I'm just happy to see proper RoboCop in this picture with even Peter Weller's likeness, because Mortal Kombat has such a history well, of. I mean, he's voicing the character. Oh, that's even better. Mortal Kombat has a history of usually always giving you the bullshit version of a character. Like here's Freddy, but it's the remake Freddy. Mm-hmm. It oh, would yeah. be really, it would be really funny because I mean every character has like alternate skins. It'd be funny if at least one of them was the the, the modern RoboCop and his voice. Oh was yeah, Joel the, exactly the Joel Kinnaman RoboCop. <laughs> I like they actually that. did that. They actually did that for I think the first Injustice. I mean, they had Green Arrow in that game, but there was like an alternate skin where it was voiced by Stephen Amell, and like, this is cool. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm happy because we can finally live out the RoboCop versus Terminator fantasies we've all had. Yeah, finally we'll know who would win, and it's RoboCop. True. So just uh, for the people that are that wanted to know, um, so uh, if you have MK11 but you don't have the first combat pack, you can get everything, including Aftermath, for $50. If you already had the first combat pack, you can get everything, including Combat Pack 2 and the Aftermath content, for $40. Um, and you can also just eventually get the uh, a physical version for 60 in June. Uh, that has everything. So if you don't have the original game at all, but yeah, oof, that's a that's a lot there. I mean, they're basically doing basically doing like Smash Brothers Ultimate did, like you know, Combat Pack Two or you know, Character Pack Two. Yeah, eh, I think it's there? nice that they're. Well, it's good they're actually like continuing the story because it's probably not going to be an Injustice game this year, or you know, if they're they're probably was, was going to be one on track, but if yeah, I got maybe not. Now, like, Mortal Kombat 11 was so well received because I've seen it became. It felt like 11 has been a much bigger part of the like fighting game scene than 10 was. So yeah. perhaps they just decided to hey let's just do more with with combat with 11. So um, plus they have that uh, was it that anime or like cartoon show that's coming or already out or whatever that is. Well, there's some like Mortal Kombat cartoon movie out about Scorpion. Yes, that. And then aren't they doing like another movie, like live? Action? I mean, the live action movie is like a year off, though. I think. Yeah. So I mean, why not um, keep doing uh, more with the uh, the series that's doing a lot for you right now? I mean, uh, yeah. DC doesn't really need Injustice. They're doing their own stuff with Wonder Woman and and their movies. Yep. Uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Also, I I mentioned they're doing they're 
going to be part of the IGN Summer Gaming, but they also kind of made news by announcing that you are allowed to basically customize your genitalia in Cyberpunk 77. There will be no gender. So, mm. As a fan of character creators, I'm excited about this. You're going to put the penis on your head, aren't you? Oh, I wonder if that's... I, I, the question really is how much customization is there, especially if you're not giving me a... Uh, wait, when you say... So there's no there's no starting... How do you customize your genitals if you don't at least start with like, okay, let me start with like a default penis or a default vagina to, to start like fiddling with. That sounded so bizarre to say out loud. <laughs> You're just you're just anti-trans, man. Come on. No, I mean, so hey, players can select a gender and customize their character. Customization can include depictions of breasts, buttocks, and genitalia. As well okay, as so, you select, so you do select so you do select a gender, right? But okay. there's no okay. So like, gender is not there's not a okay. Here's a male version of the guy, and here's a female version. Like, gender is it just is, a, is being... it just a slider where if I said in the well, isn't that like what Saints Row Three did and Saints Row Four, like? sexiness slider or, or like well, a lot of a lot of people have a uh, people a lot of games have a slider where you can just do um you know how how masculine or how feminine is this character instead of making you pick a gender but once you bring genitalia into it i figured that there'd be some sort of specificity even if i put the slider in the middle am i going to have am i going to be an hermaphrodite or am i going to have some weird in-between genital and to, to what? I, I to, hope the second one. To what extent can I customize? Like, can I make a completely new kind of genital? Can I just have three seashells down there? So here's here's how CD Projekt explains it. it. It'll be even more funny when Keanu Reeves falls in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I'm just I, I just wonder how. So this is how Cyberpunk explains it. Uh, in our career, character creation menu, uh, you don't choose gender anymore. Uh, you don't choose I want to be female or male character. You now choose body type. Okay. And that's how it starts. So same same as uh, as uh, a lot of things. Yeah. So they, they want it to be more inclusive, whatever. And it also kind of goes with the cyberpunk. But what about uh, the genitalia, aesthetic. though? Go on. Oh, I, that's what I just I mean, explained. Was, like, well, no, that doesn't, that doesn't explain what you said. doesn't explain anything. No, but I, I, that's all the ins- information they give is that – Okay. So I, I fully predict that this is going to be an empty promise that like yeah. there's going to be like three or four options to pick from. And at some point you can install an upgrade into your penis or vagina. I want, I want, I, I mean, want, you like, can, okay. So you can like, uh, adjust the size and the combinations of genitals. So you can have a big ooh, penis or I want whatever like, if you want. I want or, like pe- penis on the right elbow, vagina on the left and have okay. a dual. Okay. So you can, so you can have a combination. Okay. Yeah. Yes, you can increase good. the size. I guess. No, but I mean, if when you say combination, if if you want your character to have both a penis and a vagina, that is possible. I'm guessing so. If <laughs> you you are really, thinking, if they're really I think you are being inclusive, way too much about this. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, so, and there's also thanks to the Australian Ratings Board, uh, they've noted that there will be options to engage in sexual activities with other main characters or prostitutes, and that there's brief sex scenes. From a first-person perspective, uh, there's hey, suggestive moaning, and you can hey, work through various positions. It worked for Far Cry 3. Are the prostitutes going to react with surprise at your genitals? <laughs> oh, God. Well, you'll, 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 you'll just have to buy the game to find out. <laughs> really? Yeah. 
<laughs> yep, you're you're gonna have to. You, um, you are, are they recording ADR where they're going like I've never seen one of those before? You've been playing way too much soccer wars. <laughs> <laughs> um. So also included in this IGN summer gaming thing right now is EA Xbox. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 PC, because that's all CD Projekt Red has right now. So PC, P, the PC gaming show is going to be part of IGN. Summer gaming thing. The uh, Humble, which IGN owns. Facebook, including Oculus. So Oculus is going to have their own like event, and it's going to be part of their... Uh, Tripwire Interactive, Wizards of the Coast, Easy Day Studios, Rockfish, and Deep Silver. So um, Deep Silver also kind of did some kind of a swap. Of... Yeah, they traded with uh, yeah. Koch Media, Coke Media, whatever they're called. I thought it was Koch Media, though. Mm, uh, yeah, this is, all of those are off. <laughs> Koch, Koch Media. <laughs> Koch Media? No, Koch Media. I'm going to go with Koch. <laughs> no. It's a... It's a... <sighs> oh, God. Okay. Uh, this went off the, the rails already. I think they, uh, yeah, they traded, like, the big thing they traded was uh, Red Faction, I think. Yeah, Red Faction, and there's something else I can't remember. Well, it's like one, similar like, to Red Faction that they. Well, like one have. studio traded like two properties, and the other studio traded like six. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of like very like D tier stuff that you really probably never heard of. I I heard it on a, like yeah, a yeah. podcast this, I was listening to. So THQ traded uh, Red Faction. And painkiller. That was what they got. So they, okay. you know, they they gave it to Cock, to Cock Media, and they, uh, and then in turn they got uh, Sacred Risen Rush uh-huh. for Berlin, Second Sight, and Singles Flirt Up Your Life. So they're the clear winners, obviously, in that trade. Well, Sacred was like big for a little bit, and like Risen One and Two are pretty good. Yeah, Risen mm-hmm. Risen One is actually kind of funny because it has like a bunch of like big voice actors in it that like you wouldn't like. Why is Lena Headey doing this voice? <laughs> well, she wasn't part of Game of Thrones yet. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, that's why. And she has like this weird, and it, she has like this like really weird pirate obsession. So that's why she wanted to voice a pirate. <laughs> oh, okay, that makes sense too, I guess. Um, but yeah, uh, also Disney Plus announced earlier in the year that they're working on a National Treasure 3 with the original cast, but now they're also working on, which I love National Treasure, I know it's like basically that conspiracy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that kind of stuff, like I I know it's like just total conspiracy theory bullshit or whatever, but I loved like Da Vinci Code when it was popular and all that other stuff. So like National Treasure kind of like fell into that thing. I'm reading Dan Brown's Digital Fortress right now and it's oh, awful. Like, Oh my god! Yeah, Digital Fortress is uh, it's not. But yeah, I don't, I don't think I'll ever make it to Da Vinci Code. I don't think I can do it. I no, think I'm done are, with that. Those are good, like Angels and Demons, Da Vinci Code, all that. But like Digital Fortress just doesn't. It's a lot yeah. more very methodical. I, like, I find it hard to believe that just based on the movies. Well, okay, that's fine. I like National Treasure movies too. They're they're fun, dumb romps, and of course, Nicolas Cage is always a treasure, which yeah. brings me up to. He's gonna be Joe Exotic. <laughs> that is amazing. Like, if you're gonna cast anybody as Joe Exotic, they have uh, they've done the dream casting. Oh, for my sure. God. It's like now we might as well just replace him in the documentary too, because it's not gonna be. 
They'll cast David Spade to be in like the director DVD version of that. So. Well, there's that's who I on... thought they would cast because he that's who he reminded me of the whole time. Is I was thinking of David Spade and Joe Dirt. There's going to be at least three battling versions of Tiger King anyway, because that you know the one where Carol Baskin is being played by Kate McKinnon is a totally different show than the one that Nicolas Cage was just cast in. Uh-huh. So we're gonna our we're gonna be just awash with Tiger King content. We're gonna have our fill. Yep. Just like the be... just like the lion's head of Carol's husband. <laughs> yeah, so there's there's a gonna be a younger cast with the uh, Disney Plus version. See, that's where I lose interest. Yeah. It's like well, to you're me, not, you're, not, you're not gonna get Nick Cage to be in a TV show like this. Yeah, <laughs> but National Treasure uh, is is we'll Benjamin see. Franklin I think Gates. If you is get National enough Treasure. people, if the Avengers stuff does well, I think you can eventually. And like, Nick Cage is already doing enough like direct-to-video movies filmed in Eastern Europe that you yeah. could probably get him on a TV show if you really wanted to. But to get the whole cast, I don't think so, though. Ah, yeah, uh, I don't know. What's Diane Kruger doing? I think she has on a TV show now. <laughs> yeah. I like, I also wonder, um, aren't they – they also cast Boba Fett, I think, for Man- Mandalorian? Yeah, it's Tamara two. Morrison. Yeah. Yep. So our, our prequel, Boba Fett. But, well, because, I mean – the guy never took out his helmet in the sequel or, you know, the yeah. original movie. So Yeah, but they redubbed it. I, I just rewatched. Well, I watched the new 4K releases, but they've got that. Um, I think it wasn't. The, it was obviously not a special edition change. It was a change. I think when they first released it on DVD where they redubbed the guy who originally did Boba Fett with Tamara Morrison. So now Boba Fett has a New Zealand accent and it's like you're watching Fly the Concourse or something. Yeah. He, he says that Han Solo is no no use to me dead. So it's very <laughs> obviously Tamora Morrison. Uh, so at least they're staying consistent, though. I thought, and oh gosh, I heard this secondhand. So maybe, does one of you watch Rebels? Like, they, no. at some point, they had supposedly had established that the Boba Fett in the movies is a different Boba Fett than the Boba Fett of the prequels, which seems crazy to me. Yeah, that would but, be dumb. Uh, especially now that they're casting Tamora Morrison again. So now I'm super confused, but whatever. Well, I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, Disney hasn't really been uh, one they, to... They just, seem, they just seem to cast Mark Hamill on the show as Luke, the evil version of Luke Skywalker. Well, no, nah, they're not doing... It's just like Mara Jade. Mara Jade's never coming back. Yeah. But uh, it seems like the if they're bringing Boba Fett back from Mandalorian, I guess they're going to make... The whole uh, Boba Fett climbing out of the Sarlacc pit canon again. Yeah. yeah. So that's that. That'll be unless we also consider. Well, no, because that was that was the Dark Empire trilogy. I think in the Dark Empire trilogy, it's very funny because Boba Fett has escaped the Sarlacc and at some point had amnesia and had adventures with Han Solo and then gets thrown back into the Sarlacc again. So can I, can I, I just hope they can bring back B. Arthur. <laughs> that's all I want to see in Mandalorian too. Well. Uh, I'm sorry, she died starving in the streets after her business went under, Mark. Not, That's not, what they don't tell my, you. Not in my continuity. Your headcanon? Yeah. Man, we sure are devoting a lot of space to people's headcanon now in articles, aren't we? I, I guess. <laughs> I'm focused on B. Arthur, and you're focused on whether penises or vaginas can live in harmony. Well, of course they can. We know they can. And yeah. where they're placed. Again, I just what if I just want to play Chris from Interspecies? Reviewers, Crim. Sorry, Crim. Now you've lost probably the whole audience. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> uh, 
I don't know. You can't. I don't, when you say you can customize your genitals, I, know, I want to know more. Well, That's all I'm, I'm saying. Sure all I'm saying that is will I want be to know covered more. in the IGN Summer of Gaming thing. Yeah, they will devote a full hour to it, just like when you created your character in Code Vein. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mark still has uh, bad dreams of having to watch that. You wasting an hour doing that. Oh uh, well. Don't worry, I get him back when I when we play Storm Runner. I literally I've spent hours just stuck in the mud now at this point. So that is literally the game. <laughs> well great. But it's all about trying to rock yourself out of the mud or get you know, getting a a better truck like I got. So that doesn't start, happen as much. You just like literally grinding through the mud. That's yeah, and you, you, you know, using your winch tactically to get out of it, or using you know four wheel drive, or you know whatever. Mm. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I don't blame you for not liking a good game. I just blame oh. you for liking a bad one, like Death Stranding. Well, if you start paying me like twenty five dollars per hour, just play it. <laughs> Damn, it's got. I will consider it. Like I just, I know, I just looked up how much does a truck driver make. <laughs> and it looks like the average base salary is $61,000. For $61,000, I could play that game for eight hours a day. It could be done. You need to get the full rig, like the full like driving wheel and cockpit. And <laughs> As long as I can drive from home. Yeah. Well, uh, just quickly, I guess, go through some things that are uh, coming out or have come out since... I guess uh, I'd... Jansaw and Bob game finally came out. Too. What? It did, yeah. Um, also, Fury Unleashed came out. Um, uh, Mega Buy Punch came out as well. Um, and Super Mega Baseball comes out like the day our next show gets posted. So, or Super Mega Baseball 3, I should say. I know Mark is a, a fan of those. Yeah, first one was cool. And the uh, Star Wars Episode One Racer also comes out on the twelfth. So we've been, if you've been waiting for that game to hit the Switch, it's almost here. So have fun. That's a good game. Yeah, back I in the day, that game for the sixty people. Mm-hmm. And for the arcade, I love playing that in the arcade. Yeah, but that was a different version because you had a way different control system. Well, it is fun to like get into that thing that looked like the pod and. Yeah, yeah, but that thing like the N sixty four, you had like an analog stick and just had like. You know, accelerate and brake in that pod race for the arcade game. You had like the two actual like control sticks, and it's like this is weird. <laughs> yep, it was, it was like you know you're playing it like the Star Wars movie. <laughs> well, uh, I think we're going to skip the topic for this show, but we'll have one on the uh, Tuesday episode. Anything uh, else we should know? That I, I, I think we're good, but certainly. Make sure if you like what you heard, you hit that subscribe button. So anytime we do a show, it's there in your feed already. You just, you know, either it auto auto downloads or you can just hit the download button if you don't want to stream. Always easier for me to just download that way. I don't have to worry about going out of a signal when I go somewhere. And yeah, you know, you can always review us as well on whatever podcasting app you like to use. Uh, we're basically out there on all of them. So, you know, spread the word and review us so that uh, we can get higher in those rankings and well until uh the next show we'll see you guys later later